Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. In this building and online, and we're going to make this confession of faith uh, together. It's right there on the screen. Let's say it together. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it in Jesus' name. So God, I ask that you would speak to us tonight with power. I ask that you would speak to us tonight with strength, God. Everybody in this room, everybody online needs something different tonight, God. For some, they just need a little push to go further. For some, they need something miraculous. For some, they need their body healed. For some, they need their finances changed. For some... They need to, something to happen in the realm of their career. I pray you meet every need tonight in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you leave no need unmet tonight, God. I pray, God, that your spirit be with us and your spirit, God, answer every need. Meet us tonight, God. Meet us tonight, God. Meet us tonight, God. Meet us tonight, God. We ask you to send your fire in this building, God. Don't let us leave the same. We ask that you send your fire, God. Don't let us leave the same. Don't let us speak the same. Don't let us act the same. Don't let us walk the same. Don't let us be the same. Can I get you to take 10 seconds, lift your hands, and worship God for 10 seconds. Go, 10, let's go. Nine, come on, Atlanta. Eight, seven, six. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Five. Four, three, two, one. Now shout fire. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need you to make sure you sit next to somebody that came expecting. Once you say something like that, you got to just not say that. You got to put a praise behind that. Now, two things I'm going to have you do a lot of tonight. I'm going to have you to say a lot. So if you just don't, if you don't want to say nothing, I'm going to need you to get used to that. Why? The Bible says life and death are in the power of our 
tongue. If you don't say it, you'll see it. Your words form your world. So you're going to speak a lot. And number two, I'm going to have you to engage your neighbor. Some of you are like, Bishop, I do not like touching my neighbor. I know because sometimes I don't like touching my neighbor either. But the Bible says that when two or three touch agree anything, it shall be done for them. You've had enough people that hate on you, enough people that want to see you fail. You're finally in a room with people that want to see you win. So watch me. I just need you to touch somebody on the shoulder and say fire. And then when you say it, you're going to put a praise behind it. Watch me. Not for you, but you're going to praise God for them on three. Ready? One, two, three. Touch them. Put a praise behind that. 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 Find you a second person. Find you a second person. Touch him on the shoulder and just say fire and then put a praise behind it. One, two, three. Oh, I'm going to get this atmosphere right because it's about to be some miracle signs and wonders up in here. It's about to be some curse breaking up in here. It's about to be some line crossing, history making. But now don't do this for your neighbor. Do this one for yourself. Lay your hands on yourself. On three, holler fire and put a praise behind it. I'm going to get to the word. One, two, three, fire. Praise God for you. And cancer's going to be healed tonight. And HIV is going to be healed tonight. And, and marriage is about to turn around tonight. And families are about to turn around tonight. And judgments are about to be made in your favor tonight. Tonight, 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 tonight. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. Grab a seat. Let's go to work. This, this, this is our third interest service for what will eventually become Harvest Church Atlanta. And God directed our steps. Hear me. You are not here on accident. This is not just some coincidence or happenstance. God has directed our steps for us to connect tonight at Friday Night Fire because your future needs you to get your fire back. Come here. I need you to hear me. I know you've had some great days, but what's ahead is better than anything you've experienced. I know this has been a record-breaking year for you, but wait until you see that God's going to do more in these last four. I know that you've already exceeded the expectations of people who put their mouth on you, of people who said that you never be nothing, never go nowhere. I know you've already beaten that, but what if I told you what you've seen so far is just the preview? Mm. Eyes have not seen and ears have not heard the things God has prepared for you. You are sitting next to a world-changing, history-making, line-crossing, boundary-breaking individual. You ain't sitting next to a failure. You're sitting somebody sitting next to somebody God's about to use in ways they never imagined. I, I wish I was in the room with some people that knew that God's done a lot of great things, but there's more that's ahead of me. Matter of fact, I prophesied that God's going to do more in the last four months of this year than he did for you in the first eight. Come on, open up your mouth. Say more in the last four. I, 
Watch me. God has directed our steps. Your future needs you to get your fire back in these four areas, your finances. And hear me. Uh, it is not just about you having something so that you can floss on Instagram. It is not about you having something so that you can say, back then you didn't want me, now I'm hot you all up on me. No. It is about you being blessed to be a blessing. God literally needs you to have it so that you can be the answer for somebody else. See, I'm talking to some people where you've graduated beyond materialism and you said, God, I want to be able to go bless somebody else. I want to be able to go pay somebody else's house off. I want to be able to go take care of a single mama and say, baby, your whole life is taken care of. I want to be able to go take care of and not just feed the homeless, but make sure that the homeless have everything that they need. I, I, I think I'm talking to some people that say, God, I want my life to be more than just me. I want my life to be a blessing. I ain't trying to get blessed. I'm trying to be a blessing to somebody else. Your finances need you. Watch me on fire. Number two, your future needs you on fire. Number three, your family needs you on fire. And most importantly your faith hear me psalm 37 23 the lord directs the steps of the godly look at me even the steps that do not make sense to you there are some things that you and i have been through that did not make sense to us then but they're going to make sense to you now i'm going to tell you you're about to find out why you couldn't marry her let's talk you're about to find out why you couldn't move to that city why you couldn't interact with those people why you couldn't be around those friends god has directed our steps tonight and not just directed our steps tonight but he's been directing your steps can we tell the truth i wish there was somebody in the room that could testify and tell your own story that there was some stuff that made no sense to you when you were in it and then when you got to the other side you were like I'm so glad I need to make sure you ain't sitting next to somebody that doesn't remember what God has done for them is there anybody that can say baby I'm a whole survivor I, I was supposed to be dead I was supposed to have lost my mind you should have been locked up messed up tied up tangled up but God ordered and directed your steps this bump somebody next to you say he orders your steps he orders he directs the steps of the godly he delights here's my line in every detail of their lives god's into the details you're the color you are on purpose you're the height you are on purpose you live in the city you live in on purpose you are here tonight on purpose and sometimes his purpose doesn't make sense to us because his thoughts are higher than ours his ways are different than ours so to us we're like God what is this this doesn't make sense and God is like it makes perfect sense to me come here David you never asked me to be a king but I see that there's a king on the inside of you so I've ordered your steps that since a little boy you have dealt with rejection since a little boy you've dealt with abandonment since a little boy you have dealt with challenges watch me that did not match your current situation why are you fighting the battles of a king and all you are is a little boy i'm here to tell some of you all your battles were not about where you were in life your battles were about where you were headed in life what if I told you all the warfare you've been through, watch me, had nothing to do with where you're at. It has everything to do with where you're about to go. I and based on the size of your battle, watch me, you owe God a praise. Why? Because you just found out that I wasn't fighting this battle just for this. I was fighting this battle for what's in my future. I, I wish I had some people in the building that knew your future was going to be better than your present. If that's you, on three, just holler fire. One, two, three, fire. Look, 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 he delights in every detail of their lives. God is into you like that. God says, I'm into making sure you got the right friends, which is why I'll shut down some friendships you try to hold on to. 
I'm into making sure you've got the right relationships. There's some people that look good to you that you want. And God says, listen, you may want it, but that's not what you need. I'm, I'm so glad he's into the details like that. You may be one of the job and God shut it down and said, no, because if you get that job, that job's going to get you discouraged. Watch me. I need you to thank God for every no you've ever received. Why? He was ordering your steps and delighting in the details. I need you to thank God for every delay you've ever had. He was ordering your steps. I need you, watch me, even to thank God for the stuff that made you angry and mad. Why? He was ordering your steps. He's into the details of your life. Say, he's into the details. Talk. I need y'all to talk like an army. Say, he's into the details. You, it's possible. You and I can be on fire in some areas of our lives but then on fumes in other areas of our lives. Let me tell you the truth about you. You've conquered much. Don't let your neighbor look. They look good tonight, but don't let that fool you. If you knew their testimony, watch me, you'd praise God for them. If you knew the nights they said, I don't even want to get up tomorrow. If you knew the days they said, I can't take it no more. If you knew the times they said, God, why am I even alive? Why am I here? Is there anybody in this building that can say, look, I got a whole story and I hope to, I shouldn't even be here, but God. I shouldn't even be here, but God. You have conquered so much and it becomes so strong that it is possible, pay attention, to be on fumes and not even know it. Sometimes when you get strong, you literally learn, watch me, how to do things out of memory, not out of strength. See, I want to talk to the people in here where when everybody else got a problem, you the one they call. I want to talk to the people in the room where you're the strong one that nobody checks on you, nobody looks after you, nobody makes sure you good. Watch me, because you're the strong one. Guess what? Guess what? Tonight, God put you with a strong one because you need to make sure you leave with all your strength. I Make sure you sit next to a strong one. No punks allowed. Elbow somebody next to you and say, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong. But it's possible. It's possible that you're so used to being strong Watch me, that you can be on fumes and not know it. Pay attention. Look at Luke 12, 49. It's on the screen. Jesus said these words. Jesus said, I have come, look at the screen, to ignite a fire on the earth. Earth is this Greek word, the language of our New Testament, G-E, which means in your life. Pay attention. God says, I've came to ignite a fire in your life, which means, here's what he was telling them. You're strong. You're doing good. You're doing better than most. He said, but you're on fumes. He says, you're not on fire. He says, you wake up tired. He says, you go through the day frustrated. You go through your situations angry and aggravated. You better hear me. Tonight is the night. God says, I set you on fire. Watch me. That'll never be quenched again. Come on. I told you you're going to talk to your neighbor a lot tonight. You better hear me. I know exactly. And watch me. I know what some of y'all are thinking. Well, Bishop, Bishop, I've heard that before. You ain't heard me say it. First Samuel 3.19 says, and the Lord was with the man of God and did not let any of his words fall to the ground. You are about to have a fire that, watch me, even when the enemy comes against you, you're going to be like, you should have got me on Thursday. You should have got me when you had me. Why? It's too late now, baby. He's ignited a fire in me, and that fire is not going out. Come on, Friday night fire. On three, I need you to shout it in this atmosphere. One, two, three. Fire. 
Jesus said, I come to ignite a fire on the earth. But here's what's the trip. Fire, and I talked to you this last time we were here in April, fire is paradoxical. What does that mean? It has simultaneous contradiction. It's like this. How is it hot and cold at the same time? I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll turn my air on and still let my window down. Because I'm hot and I'm cold at the same time. Watch me. Uh, fire is a paradox by nature. It has simultaneous contradictions. See, fire uh, in the scripture, it means this antagonism, hostility, and opposition. Shut up. Fire literally is everything you don't like. It is antagonism. It is hostility. It is opposition. Watch me. And at the same time, same time, man, it means passion, excitement, and zeal. Let me see if I can say it another way. So for God to get you to get your fire back, God takes you through the fire. Uh-uh. Let me back that thing up. I need you to make sure you get it. Fire means, here it is, it is uh, antagonism. Hostility, opposition, antagonism. You have people coming against you, watch me, that don't even know you. It's a trip when you have haters and you've never met them. And they scrolling, but they ain't liking. They looking, but they ain't liking. It's amazing how many people know the details of your life, and yet they allegedly hate you. I need you to stop being scared of your haters, stop being afraid of your haters, and let's give them something to talk about. I It is antagonism. It is hostility for those of you where we ran out of seats for you in the back. It is hostility. Watch me. It means, watch me, I am trying to accomplish something and I'm dealing with a hostile environment. All you're trying to do is get the business launched and you're dealing with hostility. All you're trying to do is get your family saved and you're dealing with hostility. All you're trying to do is what God called you to do and you're dealing with hostility. And then it means simultaneously opposition. What is opposition? I'm going this way. It's coming this way. Is there anybody in the room that in the first eight months of this year you've dealt with some opposition that almost made you want to say you know what okay there ain't no honest people in the building I'm the only one I'll keep it 100 there's been some opposition that has come my way this year that made me I said God you got to be joking listen look I'm good I'm only doing this because you called me to do it I, I don't have to do this I'm not I'm not bound to do this but watch me but at the same time it is creating passion, excitement, and zeal. I'm going to say it again because you ain't got it yet. Antagonism, hostility, and opposition. Watch me. What do they produce? Passion, excitement, and zeal. You want to know why you pray like you do? Because of your antagonism, your hostility, and your opposition. You want to know why you worship like you do and people say, she too loud. He doing too much. No, man. You don't know about my antagonism, about my hostility, about my opposition. Some people say, why you believe in a God like that and you dealing with all of this? Well, but, but watch me. You don't know about my antagonism, about my hostility, about my opposition. Why do you still believe that God's going to save your family even though it looked like all of them about to go straight to hell in a hand? Watch me. Because you don't know my antagonism. You don't know my hostility. You don't know my opposition position to God to get you to get your fire back God first takes you through the fire he says I'm gonna take you through what you're about to be full of so that way, next time opposition comes against you, you get an attitude. Watch me. I know, I, I, know you're nice, I, know you're, I know you're nice and sophisticated and educated. I can tell. You look very educated. You look, you look, and listen, I understand. I'm bougie too, so it's wonderful. But I just need you to get a teaspoon. I, I just need you to get a teaspoon of South Memphis. Y'all ain't going to say 
I just need you to get a teaspoon. Watch me. Because the next time opposition comes your way, watch me. Instead of running from it, watch what you're going to do after tonight. You're going to say, let's go. Is, it, is there a problem? Uh-uh. 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 You ain't with me. You ain't with me. See, the next time antagonism tries to give you anxiety, which tries to make you depressed, you're going to say, wait a minute. I ain't doing depression in the next four. I'm, I'm not doing anxiety in the next four. I'm not going to lay in the bed in the next four. I'm not dealing with this marital issue in the next four. Tonight, everything's got to change. On three, holler fire like it's about to hit your family. One, two, three. Watch me. Watch me. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, we're almost where we need to get. We're almost where we need to get. We're about to see miracles, signs, and wonders. That first fruit healing is in this building. You ready? There's a man named David. Now, here's what's amazing about David. David, we love David. We sing all of David's songs. David, one of the great psalmists. David, he's a prophet. David is a psalmist. Uh, David is a man of God. David becomes king. David is a complicated man. Because in one verse, David will say, God, I know you love me. In the next verse, he says, why have you forsaken me? In one verse, he'll say, I know that you are for me. In the next verse, he says, why have you allowed my enemies to eat of my flesh? David is a lot like us. Where, watch me. Here's how you know your relationship with God is real. That your relationship with God has been tested. You do, you cannot trust something that you cannot first test. See, I want to talk to the people in the room where you're here tonight, but there were some days you started to doubt. Where the real people at? I want to talk to the people in the building and online that can say, I know my faith is true because my faith was tested. You started looking at other religions, looking at other gods. You dealt with some funky church people with their funky church attitudes. And you said, God, I'm just over it and I'm done with it. Is there anybody in the room? You can be honest. You were Bishop Foreman. Can you be honest where you even got to a place in your walk with God where doubt began to set in and you were like, is this even real? Oh, no, y'all ain't finna leave me out there like that. Wave at me. Online, wave at me. Wave at me. Watch me. You never know what something is until it can be tested and pass the test. Some of you talking about you love people. You couldn't possibly love them yet. Why? Because you haven't gone through a test with them. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me right there. Don't tell me you love somebody you only known them since uh, you've only known them for the last 60 days. You don't know that. You need to go through some stuff with them. See how they act when you don't call back. Mm. See how they act, watch me, when you don't answer the phone. See how they act when things don't go their way. See how she acts if y'all ain't gonna say nothing. So watch, so watch, so watch. David is a man who is a lot like us. He's a regular guy. Just minding his business, taking care of his father's sheep. And then God calls him to do something extraordinary. In 1 Samuel 16, David is anointed to be king. David did not ask to be king. You know what, you know what the pressure of life is? Is that God puts a demand on you for what he believes you can do. Not what you believe you can do. See, for some of you, the pressure you're under right now, that's heaven putting a demand on you, saying, and there's greater in you. Come on. Can I just get you to touch somebody's shoulder next to you and tell them, say, there's greater in you. There. Uh-uh, wrong one, because when they say that to you, they should have put a praise behind that. Come on, touch somebody else and make sure you got you sitting next to the right one. Touch them on the shoulder, say, there's greater in you. You, you wasn't even trying to be a seven-figure earner, but God says there's greater in you. You wasn't even trying to do this, but there's greater in you. You ready? So watch. So David is anointed to be king in 1 Samuel 16. He literally is pulled from the 
pasture and pulled into the home. Now, Jesse is David's father. Everybody say Jesse. Jesse um, is an interesting man because Jesse's name literally means God's gift. And what did Jesse give to David? You ready? He gave him the gift of rejection. I need you to hear me. Rejection is often God's protection. Watch me. I need you to forgive every person that ever rejected you, every opportunity that ever rejected you. Because while you said you rejected me, God says, "Uh uh-uh, boo, I was protecting you. Every person in this building has ever been rejected. I need you to lift your hands and worship God for five seconds. Watch me. That it wasn't rejection, it was protection. Go. Five, four, three, two. Come on, open your mouth. Say it was protection. It was protection. It was protection. It was protection. Watch me. Watch me. He, he's rejected by his father. This is what do you mean? Because when Samuel, the man of God, comes into his house to anoint the next king, the Bible says that uh, Jesse has seven of his sons that are in the room. Now, David lets you in on something. David says he was born in sin and shaped in iniquity, which means David and his brothers, pay attention, have different mothers, which means David is in a blended family and Jesse treats David different not because he has an issue with David but because Jesse doesn't like David's mama it's amazing how many times people will treat you poorly because watch me for something you never even had anything to do with so watch me he is rejected how do you know because when the seven brothers come into the house they never even invite David into the house and then watch me Samuel goes man by man brother by brother one two three four five six and seven one two three four five six and seven and when they get to seven Samuel says none of these are God's selection let me pause for the cause and parenthetically insert this principle you go through more counterfeits than you'll have real fits I need you to hear me. You will always have more counterfeits than you have fits. I'm going to see if I can say it another way. Some of you are saying, I just can't find good friends. You've only had four. You ain't even hit your seven yet. Which means you're going to have to go through more fake people to get to some real people. And I need you to not give up and let the fake people make you miss the real people. Come on, elbow somebody next to you say, I'm a real one. I'm a real one. Uh Uh-uh. I said, elbow somebody tell them, I'm a real one. I'm a... You're going to go through seven fake friends before you find one good one. You might have to date seven crazy people before you find somebody you can do your life with. I need you to stop letting the counterfeits make you give up before you get to your fit. What if I told you, watch me, your fit's going to show up in the next four months? I wish you can sit there and look at me like that if you want to or you can recognize you're sitting up under an anointing where the words won't fall to the ground I need you to open up your mouth and say my fits are coming, my fits are coming my fits are coming, my fits are coming in your business, in your ready? so seven, so seven, seven of his brothers seven of his brothers passed before him and then Samuel says, listen is there anybody else here? pay attention, let me throw this in here uh, the, all of the options weren't in the room yet. For some of you all tonight, you got to hear me. Um, what you're looking at isn't all that's available. You keep saying, well, God, out of the options I have, it seems like this is all that's good. David hadn't stepped into the room yet, which means the right option wasn't even in, in Jet Samuel's sight yet. For some of you all, you're like, God, none of these options are good. Not yet. I need you to get your fire back because if you get your fire back, you'll last so you can get to the right option. 
David wasn't even in the room yet, Atlanta. He wasn't even in the room yet. Samuel says, there has to be somebody else. Jesse says, well, yeah, I got another son. He out there, but he's out there with the sheep. And, you know, he's not really ready. He, he doesn't look the part. I, I want to talk to some people where everybody else said, you don't look like you're going to be the one. You don't look like, watch me, they said all this negative stuff you were going to be, and you ended up being the exact opposite of what they spoke you didn't look like the one that was going to be the one God used. You didn't look like the one that was going to have the business. You didn't look like the one that was going to be debt free. You didn't look like the one that wasn't going to have cancer no more. You didn't look. So watch. So, so David didn't look the part. He's 30. He's out here with these sheep. He's out here with these sheep. And, and Jesse thought he was punishing David to have him out there with the sheep. He thought, while David's out there with the sheep, this, in fact, is a, this is a punishment. This, this is a punishment for David. This is, this is a punishment for him. And he didn't recognize that punishment uh, to them was preparation to God. Because while David was out there with those sheep, David was learning how to be consistent. David was learning how to deal with stinky situations and not take on the spirit of his situation. David was learning how to lead. Watch me. Sheep do not uh, see well, so they have to depend on their hearing. That's why the scripture says sheep know the voice of their shepherd. See, for some of you, as I'm speaking tonight, something's coming alive in you because you're hearing the voice of your shepherd. You maybe said, I saw you on TikTok. No, boo, this is a divine orchestration of events. God says, I need to get you to a shepherd. Watch me. Uh, David is out there with the sheep. He's taking care of the sheep. David comes into the house, and then the moment Samuel sees him, he puts the horn of oil over him, and then the oil begins to flow. And David is anointed in the midst of his brothers. The same brothers that talked about him had to watch him be anointed. What if I told you God has allowed your enemies to have a front row seat in your life? This is why he didn't kill them. This is why he didn't take them out. This is why he didn't knock them down. God says, I want them to be front and center looking at what I'm about to do for you. This is why I don't need you to pull back and try to come down. Come down for what? I need you to be everything God created you to be. And after tonight, you're going to do it and you're going to do it with fire. So, so, so he's anointed to be king in 1 Samuel 16. In 1 Samuel 17, he takes down Goliath, a battle Saul, the incumbent king, did not want to fight. Uh, uh, Saul said, we don't want to do it. The Philistine army was against them, and the Hebrews said, we don't want to fight this battle. But David runs up. He's, the, he's a little kid, and Saul says to him, don't be ridiculous. You're only a boy. And David says, what you think is my disadvantage is actually what my advantage is. See, for every person in the room where you say, but Bishop, you don't know my situation. You don't know where I'm disadvantaged. You don't know where my challenges are. You don't know where my struggles are. Your disadvantage is really your advantage. See, the fact that you're not the biggest, that means you can be agile. The fact that you, watch me, the fact that you don't have what they say you think you need means that you're able to operate in a different way. David takes down Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. Look at me. And from 1 Samuel 18 until 2 Samuel 2, David is in time out. What do you mean? David is anointed to be king in 1 Samuel 16. But for approximately 16 years, he has to wait before he gets part of the promise. In 2 Samuel 2, he is anointed to be king over Judah, the southern part of the kingdom. Stay with me, we're going somewhere. And then in 2 Samuel 5, he's anointed to be king over the entire nation of Israel. Let me give you this. Uh, God gives promises in pieces. And some of you are like, well, I only got this one piece, but watch me, but watch me. In the last four months, the other pieces... 
Come on, Friday night. I need you to act like some pieces are about to show up. I need you to act like your phone is about to ring, like your email's about to be full, like your name's about to be brought up, like the pieces are about to come together. On three, release a shout, say it's coming together. One, two, three, it's coming together. But, but, so, so David, David, David in 1 Samuel 30, David in 1 Samuel 30, David is now, um, he, he's got this group of men that have gathered to him. He's on the run. And David has been fighting, some of y'all, all your life. But let's keep it real though. Who sometimes feels like, God, dog, can I get a day off? Can I get a moment? Can, just, I don't even need two of them. Just give me one. David has been fighting and fighting and fighting. And it's 1 Samuel 18, 1 Samuel 19. It's his own leader, Saul, that's trying to kill him. For some of you, what's crazy for you, watch me, is your issue with church and your issue with church leaders is that you've had church leaders that, watch me, that their, their intention was to take you out. For some of you, your issue with church has been church people because you discovered that some church people were cannibals. You better hear me, Harvest. Watch me. I know this only the third time we're in the city, but we're not that type of people. We're the type of people that build one another up. We're the type of people that will fight with one another. We're the type of people that if you got an issue with one of us, boo, you got an issue with all of us. We're the type of people, white, black, tall, short, every race, every background. I need you to look at the person next to you and say, I got your back. I got, even if you don't know who they are, tell them, I got your back. We are not that type of people. I can't stand that type of environment. I can't stand when you can't even be real around people. Because the little bit of information they get, they want to run tell that. Well, you're about to give them something to go tell after tonight. Go tell them I got my fire back. Oh my God. Go, go, go tell them I got my fire back. Go tell them I got my future back. Go tell them I got my finances back. Go tell them I got my family back. Go tell them I got my fire back. David, David has been fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. And now we get to 1 Samuel chapter 30. Here it is. We're done. Now what happened when David and his man, men had came home to Ziklag. In other words, don't let me have to fight at home too. For some of you all, you drive around because going home is so stressful. You take the long way home because going in your house feels like warfare. Dealing with some of your kinfolk feels like warfare. Dealing with people who are supposed to be your friends feels like warfare. It's one thing for me to have to be suited to protect myself out there. It's another thing when I got to protect myself in my own home. So now it happened when David and his men came home to Ziklag. Pay attention. Um, that means they just fought a battle. So they're on fumes from the last battle. You ready? On the third day, they found that the Amalekites, now Amalekites here, it means enemies and giants. Enemies and talk. Enemies. Talk with me. Watch me. In 1 Samuel 17, you dealt with a giant. 
1 Samuel 30, you're dealing with giants. 1 Samuel 17, you've got an enemy. But because you got so strong, now you got enemies. I'm about to explain some of your warfare tonight. Because you're like, God, why does it seem like the closer I get to you, the further I go? Why does it seem like it gets rougher? Why? Because in 1 Samuel 17, you only had one giant to deal with. But by the time you get to 1 Samuel 30, Anthony, now you got giants to deal with. But guess what that means? You upgraded. I wish I had somebody in the building that recognized your rank has been increasing. And every battle you've been winning, you get upgraded. Every fight you win, you get upgraded. Every war for you surpass you get upgraded you can't be a private your whole life you can't be a sergeant your whole life at some point you're gonna have to rank up and what if I told you the first eight months of this year were about upgrading your rank David is the eighth son. Eight is the number of a new beginning. We just left the eighth month I need you to open up your mouth say I just upgraded I just Ready? Watch me. On the third day, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid on Ziklag. Look at this. And they burned it with fire. Now, let's see if you've been good. Let's see if you remember. I told you, to get your fire back, God takes you through the fire. To get your fire back, God takes you through the fire. Okay, let's look at 1 Samuel 30 and 1, the last part of the voice, verse, and they burned it. Okay, all right, okay. Now, come on, let's just, let's just work it. Let's just rewind it. Come on, let's just rewind it. Let's just put the tape in, push rewind. Let's go back. Here we go, here we go, here we go. All right, all right, all right. To get your fire back, God takes you through the fire. Okay, end of verse 1, 1 Samuel 30, and they burn his city down with fire. Which means this has been a situation that God orchestrated to say to David, David, you're on fumes and don't know it. You're on fumes and you do not know it. So David, watch me, because in a couple of chapters, you're about to get your promise. You can't take the throne tired. The stage I'm about to give you, you can't take it tired. The opportunity I'm about to give you, you can't take it tired. I'm about to give you what another man built. I heard that tonight. You didn't even have to build it. You're just going to get it, and you can't take it tired. I wish you knew that you're about to step into the greatest days of your life, and you cannot do it tired. You cannot do it on fumes. You've got to be on fire. So this is a circumstance that God has literally set up. God has literally set this circumstance up. And now watch me. He says, I let them burn this city with fire. Now somebody said, Bishop, how do you know? See, some of you, you've been taught so much about the devil that really, you're really, closet, you're, like, you're, like a, you're like a Christian Satanist. Because, because you have all of this devil, devil this, devil this, devil that, devil this, devil that. And, and what's amazing is that only 5% of Satanists are actually deistic Satanists. What does that mean, Bishop? Only 5% of Satanists actually believe in the deity uh, of Satan. Watch me. Most believe in the deity of self. Many Christians have been taught so much about the devil, you don't know the power of your God. Our God has no enemies because he has no equals. Our God ain't in no battle. Watch me. He shut the battle down when he says, let there be. He shut the battle down when he says, it is finished. 
Why is that important? Because some of you might be saying, well, I think it was the devil that did this. Okay, well, well watch me. Look at verse 2. They had taken captive the women of all who were there. They killed nobody, but they carried them off. Look at me. Look at me. That is a violation. If your intention was to destroy David, you would have left his family, his wives, their children dead. You did not leave them dead. Watch me. You, you carried them away. Which means God says, I'm orchestrating this because I'm not going to let you destroy it. It's just displaced. Okay, okay. All right. No, you listen. No, no. You're not listening. See, if it was the enemy, he would have taken everything he could have taken. But God says, I'm going to set this on fire so you can get your fire back. And he can only go back so far. Come here, Job. There's a hedge of protection that's around you. And I won't let even let him touch you like that. Somebody say, God set this fire. God set this fire. God, this is why the fire can't kill you. It's making you stronger. God did this. This is why even when you wanted to give up, you couldn't give up. God set this up. Let's make sure you sit next to somebody that's about to get their fire back. Just, just fist bump them and say fire and see what they do. Come on. I need you to find that one. There's one in your section. There's one in your section. There's one in your section. Let me check sections. Let me check sections. Is there any people going to get their fire back over here? That's cute. Anybody going to get their fire back over here? Anybody going to get their fire back over here? Anybody going to get their fire back over Everybody, holler fire on three. One, two, three. Fire. Watch me. Watch me. We're almost where we got to go. Verse three. When David and his men, every time you see David, I want you to put your name right there. When and his men came, it was burned. And their wives and son and their daughters had been taken captive. Look at me. There were no bodies. So here's their grief. Where they at? Here's their grief. I'm uncertain. Look at me. You've heard it taught the opposite of faith is fear. That's not Bible. It's not Bible. Fear is an indicator. It's time to use your faith. The opposite of faith is certainty. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I don't need faith to sit in this chair because I'm certain it's going to hold me up. I need faith when I don't see a chair and I take a seat anyway. The opposite of faith is certainty. So watch me. Here it is. We know this is a faith fight. We know this is a fight that God has orchestrated because I can't see their bodies, but they're not here. I can't see it, and I'm uncertain. I believe it's going to get better, but I don't see how. I believe I'm going to get my big break, but I don't see how. I believe a door is going to open for me, but I don't see nobody standing at no door ready to open it for me. I believe that I'm not going to deal with this issue anymore, but I'm not seeing how this is going to happen. See, the grief they're dealing with is a grief of uncertainty. It would have been easier for them to have walked in and saw dead bodies because they could have mourned and said, it's over. Watch me. God says, you're going to look at it and not be able to see whether it's a comma or a period. I'm going to say it again. You're going to look at it and say, I don't know if I should keep going or stop. I don't know if I should keep pressing or pull back because there's a comma there because I'm uncertain. 
The agony of uncertainty. It, it, it can be a pain that, that really is worse than something just being dead. Waiting on a call. Waiting on a response. Waiting on a piece of information. Waiting on an approval. Waiting on something to happen for you. Waiting on a text. Waiting on an... It's uncertainty. Is there anybody in the building or online where there are some areas of your life where things are amazing, but there are some areas where if you keep it 100 with me, there are some areas where you're like, I'm uncertain. I don't know if I go to the right, to the left, to the front, to the back. I don't know if I'm supposed to spin around. I don't know if I'm supposed to pop up. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know who I can trust. And the truth is, Bishop, if you want to know it, I can't even really talk to anybody about it because they won't understand what I'm feeling because to them, I might as well just move on. Mm. But watch me. But it wasn't their wives and children. Y'all not saying. It wasn't their stuff that was displaced. It was The, the, the grief is a grief of uncertainty. Look at verse 4. Here it is. Then David, been fighting his whole life. Before he fought Goliath, David says, I fought a lion and I fought a bear. Which means I had some private victories that I never said anything about until I had to bring it up and Saul wanted to know what made me think I could fight. In other words, I've been building a resume in private that's about to be made public. What if I told you every private victory you've had in the next four months, it's about to get public reward. I'm not talking to everybody, but I'm talking to a few somebodies where you've been doing a whole lot behind the scenes. Hear me? God's about to put you on. I wish you'd open up your mouth and worship God for five seconds right there. If you think that's you, go five. Victory's about to get public reward. What you handled in private, God's about to reward you in open. Say yes, Lord. Say it again. Say yes, Lord. Watch me. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. David, who's been fighting his whole life. Get to verse 4. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and they wept. Look at the screen. Until they were too exhausted to weep any longer. You know you tired when you're like, I ain't even gonna cry. Let me help all the husbands understand something. You know it's a problem with your wife when she ain't even emotional about it. When she's like, I ain't even got tears for you. That means the rubber band has popped. You ready? Verse four. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and they wept until they were too exhausted to weep any longer. Look at me. They were on fumes when they got there. And right when they're on fumes, another hit, and now they are empty. Warriors, gladiators, fighters. These weren't punks. These weren't, when I say punk, I mean people who run from battles. These were people that when they saw a battle, they were like, what's going on? If somebody started running, they got up and started running too. They just... And now they're empty. This is the same David that killed a giant. And now his uncertainty has him empty. It's the same David that killed a lion and a bear. His uncertainty has him empty. And it's not just him. Watch me. It has infected his whole circle. 
Child, I'm tired. I'm tired too. Man, I'm wore out. Man, I'm wore out too. Man, you know it's hard, man. I know. You have to be careful that your circle hasn't become a cage. Because the Bible says, watch me, watch me. The Bible says that all of them had raised their voices and they were too exhausted to weep any longer. Look at verse 6. Now David was greatly distressed. Why? Because the people, the same people he put on, they spoke of stoning him. See, for some of y'all, your challenge is not betrayal, it's who betrayal came from. Like, I wasn't expecting it from you because when you, you, when you needed help, I was there. When you needed prayer, I was there. When you needed somebody to answer the phone at 2 o'clock in the morning, I was there. When you needed money, I was there. When you needed a hookup, mm, how many of you hear me? I was there. My issue is not betrayal. My issue is that it came from you. The people spoke of stoning him. What does this mean? David heard the rumors and had to look at the people who he knew were talking about it. You know you a bad somebody when you can look at who's been talking about you and still say, God bless you, and still say, Shalom, and still say, watch me, I need you to know just how anointed you are, that you can look at who's been talking about you and not get the same spirit they got on you. The people spoke of stoning him, which means David heard the rumors, David heard what they were saying, David heard what they were doing, and they just, want, watch me, they weren't mad, they were like, we're going to kill him. God reveals your crowd in crisis. It is crises that reveals your crowd. You don't really know who's with you until you're going through a tough situation. This is why you need to thank God for every fiery situation in your life. Why? Because God says, I need you to see who's with you and who's not. I need you to see who's just around you because they want clout and trying to be put on and the people that are really fight for you. I need you to see the people that really love you and the people who love what you do for them because there's a difference. Everybody that says I love you doesn't mean they love you. Sometimes they love what you do. So watch, we're almost there. So watch, so, 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 so David is stressed out. And he's not stressed out, look at me, look at, look at me. He's not stressed out because his city was on fire. He's stressed out because he just lost his support. I don't like your silence. Look, look, go to the verse. Verse says, verse says, verse says, this David was greatly distressed not because of the fire, not because of his missing wives, children. Mm -mm. David is stressed out. Ready? Because his support has withdrawn from him. What do you do when who you were counting on can't be counted on no more? What do you do when who was supposed to come through don't come through? What do you do when who you were expecting to make it happen for you? They gave you their word. They gave you their promise. Is there anybody in this building or online? Just wave them if you've ever had your support withdraw from you. The Bible says, here it is, David. David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. Here it is. Here's where you're at. Now remember, every time you see David, who am I talking to? You. So you just put your name right there. Now watch me. There's a but. And, 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 and every time there's a but in Scripture, normally... Um, it's a big butt, um, and I like big butts. I cannot lie. In the Bible, in the Bible, other preachers try to deny. 
It's a big butt. Because when there's a butt, that means something's about to turn. And for some of you, tonight is your butt night. What does it mean? It's about to turn for you. Even after David felt greatly distressed, look at what the scripture says, but David felt strengthened and encouraged in the Lord his God. I just need you to touch somebody on the shoulder and say, there's a butt about to happen for you. I yeah, you were worried about it when you walked in here on Friday, but by the time you checked your email, butt God, you were worried about it when you looked at it last week, but you're about to see a butt God. For everybody that expects a butt God to manifest tonight, I'm going to give you 10 seconds with no music to put your worship in the atmosphere. Go, 10, 9, butt God, 8, butt God, 7, butt God, 6, 5, 4, Three, two, one. Everybody holler, but God, go. Say, but God. Look at me. You got a seat. Here we go. David, but David felt strengthened and encouraged in the Lord his God. Look at verse seven. We're almost there. David said to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring me the ephah. Look at me. Tonight, let me be your Abiathar. Watch me, when David, when David was stressed, watch me, he went to a man of God. The reason God ordered our steps tonight is because there's some things that are going to require you to get out of your comfort zone. Require you to step into a foreign environment. Require you to step around somebody. I don't know, child, I'm going to go, I'm going to see, I don't know what it's going to be. Oh, you're going you to get your fire back tonight. I he says, he goes to Abiathar the priest, and he says, and bring me the ephod. Pay attention. Bring me the ephod. Verse 8. And David inquired of the Lord. And look what he says. Shall I pursue this band of raiders? Will I overtake them? Look at me. He asked two questions. How many questions? Now, now here's what's amazing. David, no other fight do we ever see you pray about. You never fought, you never prayed about fighting Goliath. Y'all not going to talk. You never prayed about fighting the lion and the bear. But this time, because you were on fumes and now you're empty, you're praying about what should be easy. You're praying about what should be clear and what should be simple. This should be simple. Why are we even having this conversation? Why are we even having this discussion? Dude, this is your family. This is your finances. This is your future. This is your faith. And yet, because you're on fumes, you're asking God, should you do what truthfully you already know what is supposed to be done? Can we have an honest moment? Because see, sometimes in church, we, we, we're, um, we're, we're, let's just be honest. You ever, you ever knew exactly what you were supposed to do, how you were supposed to do it, but somehow, because of where you were in life, you sitting here, I just don't know. I'm the only one? Come on, can we be honest? I'm just not sure. And it's not that you're not sure, you just don't want another failure. It's not that you're not sure, you just want to know, if I fight, I need to know that I'm going to win. If I press, I want to know that it's going to be purposeful. I'll fight, but doggone it, I need to know I'm going to get something for my fight. 
God never allows you to fight a battle. We're almost to where we're going without giving you something for it. David asked the king what the man that defeated Goliath would get before he fought Goliath, which means God's not into letting you go through resistance without giving you reward. God's not into you going through challenges and not giving you reward. God's not into you going through issues and not giving you reward. And hear me, for everybody under the sound of my voice, now if you don't believe this, sit there and do nothing. If you don't believe this online, do nothing. But watch me, for everybody under the sound of my voice, hear me, September, October, November, December, hear me, those are your reward months. If you don't believe me, sit there and do nothing. But if you believe what I'm saying, like some of you are about to go home and check your mailbox. Some of you are about to go home and check your email. I need you to open up your mouth and release a praise like it's about to be rewards for you. Like it's about to be rewards for you. I need you to touch two or three people and just say it's reward time. It's reward. Make sure you're touching the right one. When you touch them, they, something ought to happen. When you touch them, a praise ought to break out. When you touch them, a shout ought to break out. You didn't go through that hell for nothing. You didn't go through those challenges for nothing. You didn't cry those tears for nothing. You're about to be weak. And it's getting ready to happen. And it's getting ready to happen. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. David said, I just gotta know. That if I fight, I'm not going to be disappointed. Put the verse up. That if I fight, I'm going to win. I can't take another disappointment. I can't take another failure. I can't take another loss. And I'm going to prophesy over your life. You will have victory in September, October, November. I dare you to throw a two up for your victory, you're going to see. And all of the rest of this month, all the rest of October, all the rest of November, all the rest of December. Matter of fact, you're about to find out why you had to go through what you went through. You're about to find out why you had to suffer like you had to suffer. You're... Ready? Ready? Look at me. Verse 8. David asked the Lord at Friday night fire. He said, he said, uh, should I pursue? Should I go after this? Should I fight for this? Should I, should I, because should I do this? And if I do this, I need to know I ain't just going to win. I need to overtake. Uh-uh, I don't think you understand the difference. This is not just going to be a win. This is going to be an utter vanquishing of... Okay. Maybe that's too deep. That's too deep of a word. That's too King James. This ain't just going to be, this ain't just going to be a win. When you do this, everybody going to say, God, dog, who is that? I need you to put your name in the atmosphere because everybody's about to know it. On three, release your name. One, two, three. And your name's about to be brought. And your name's about to be brought. And your name's about to be brought up. And say overtake. There's this saying we have at Harvest. It's one of our core values. Is we don't take sides. We take 
You see, the problem with taking sides is that means, that means I have to reduce to fit this. I have to reduce to fit that. See, look at me. You were not sent to take sides. What do you mean, Bishop? If all you do is take sides, what is the need for you? See, let me talk to some of you where you're different and people try to demonize your difference. Well, you need to be like this. You need to be like this. You need to be like this. Well, if I'm going to be like everybody else, then what's the need for me? You different and you different on purpose. David was different and he was different on purpose. And pay attention, David didn't have a whole lot of people he could call friend. For some of you, let me explain why you feel like it's always just you even when you're in a crowd. That's proof from God that you're different and you're supposed to be different. And I don't want you to be like everybody else because the moment you become like everybody else, there's no longer a need for you. We don't need two McDonald's. We don't need two Big Macs. You ready? David says, should I pursue this opportunity? Should I pursue planning a new location in the middle of a time when the entire landscape of church is changing? Should I pursue, should I pursue this? Should I pursue this? Should I pursue this? this should I even care about these people anymore should I even care about this situation any longer should I even care about this challenge any longer look at me should I pursue this you ready watch me and if I do I don't need this to just be no little victory I don't need a thousand dollars that's nice. I need enough to cover the budget for the next 10 years. You'll get it. You'll get it in just a second. 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 Because some of you, you're going to understand, the pressure you've been under was to increase your capacity. Because what you're about to hold is going to be bigger than what you've ever held. I wish you were sitting next to somebody that believed that. Elbow them say what you're about to hold is bigger than you've ever held before. Huh? The seat you're about to occupy is going to be higher than you've ever sat in. The conversations and the phone calls you're about to be on are going to be with people you never thought you'd be in. Ready? He says, he says this. He says, I need to know I'm going to overtake them. Say overtake. overtake. David's like, I ain't going there to take some. I'm not going, look at me, to negotiate. I don't negotiate with terrorists. I want to get exactly, exactly, exactly what I'm after. Y'all ready? We almost there. Y'all ready? David, the only reason you're praying this prayer is because you're on fumes. And then you were empty. So you're praying about things that you really don't even need to pray about. But the fumes have you fading. I, I, one time I had this loaner car. And uh, with this loaner car, um, they gave it to me and it didn't have no gas in it. So I said, y'all going to get it back. 
Well, Bishop just sowed. Well, they didn't sow into me. I listen, this ain't for me. Yeah. Watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me. Uh, I said, I'm going to give it back to you the, the same way you gave it to me. So, so I, I was closely monitoring, closely monitoring um, the gas tank. And I was like, I can time this. The light came on. The light came on, I'm driving. And when I'm driving, I'm always talking. I'm always on the phone all day, every day. I'm driving. And then the car starts slowing up. I'm driving. I got the money for gas. But the car's slowing up. I'm thinking, what's going on on the road? Something's going on. Must be some bumps. Because the car starts jerking. The light starts flashing and says, you're out of fuel. I then have to pull over to the side. I'm a whole grown man. With no time to waste. But because I didn't recognize how urgent the situation was, I let fumes turn into empty you can be so good at being good that you not even recognize you in a 911 situation and it's urgent for you David says shall I pursue this band of raiders and will I overtake them he asked how many questions two questions watch God because God always says exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask your thing he gives three answers say three answers and he answered him. Now watch me. He doesn't put any delay in his answer. For some of you all, what I'm about to say is going to be what you prayed about this afternoon. There will be no delay in the answer because you have no time to waste. I need you to get your passport because you're about to travel out. Y'all not. You have no time to waste. I need you to go register the business tomorrow. Do it online. You have no time to waste. I need you to cut the people off. You know what's supposed to be gone in the morning. I need you to do it and do it now. You have no time to waste. God gives him three answers. Pursue. Shout Atlanta. Shout pursue. I need you to shout that thing like an army. Shout pursue. Watch this next part. For you will certainly overtake them. I don't like your silence. I'm going to give you another opportunity to read. He says, go after this one. Fight for this one. I need you to pursue. And you will certainly, what does that mean? This is, you can take this check to the bank. This is going to happen without a doubt. This is the moment you've been waiting on, the moment you've been praying for. This is the reason you were born. This is the reason that you were created. You are right on the edge of what you were created to do. Watch me. He says, I need you to pursue and you will certainly, watch me, overtake them. And certainly, watch me, you will rescue the captives. Say certainly. Mm -mm. We almost there. Say it with authority. Say certainly. certainly. Which means you don't have to doubt this one. I rebuke your doubt. I rebuke your fear. I rebuke your unbelief. I rebuke, I rebuke your feeling like this is going to be like last time. This is not going to be like last time. I, I rebuke you feeling like it's going to happen again. You're going to look out and you're going to see exactly what you prayed for. 
You're going to possess what you prayed for. You're going to see what you've sold for. This is not that. 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 Say certainly. You shall pursue them. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. You shall pursue them. You're going to overtake them. You're going to rescue the captives. Verse 10. But David pursued. What happened to him? Verse 8, 9, and 10. David goes with 600 men. One third of David's army says, we can't go. One third of David's army says, I ain't going to be able to do it. One third of David's support. I just got the strength to go. And the day I make the decision to do it, one third of these folks wait until fifth Sunday um, one third of these folks walk away look at me but David pursued God says I'm going to let one third of your help walk away from you just to see if you're going to go I'm going to let the loan you were counting on fall through just to see if you're going to pursue. I'm going to let who you were expecting to be there with you to be your... One third of this army walks away. Now, let's just have an honest conversation. We're to where we need to get. Shout fire. fire. That was, you said it loud. I need you to shout it. Shout fire. fire. That's it. That's the sound. He said, okay, y'all, let's go. One third of them get to this place called the Brook Besor. You ready? And they said, we are unable to go. We're too exhausted to cross the Brook Besor. Besor means good news. Look at me. You got good news when God says go. You got good news when you got to the Brook Besor. Brook means that it was a valley, which means God was giving you an opportunity to get your strength back. You weren't going to have to climb up because you were going on a decline. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. He says, I gave you an opportunity. And now Erica hit me. One third of his army says, I can't do it. I can't do it. But you were supposed to do this. And this one's 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 supposed to do this. And David is like, well, I already have my instructions. I wonder if God let them walk away just to see if David would stop. Because David, if you stop in 1 Samuel 30, I'm never taking you to 2 Samuel 2. What happened in 2 Samuel 2? You got the first part of the promise. David, if you stopped in 1 Samuel 30, you ain't getting no crown. I'm so glad you didn't quit. I'm so glad you didn't give up. I'm so glad you didn't throw in the towel. I'm so glad you didn't let people wear you out. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is there anybody in this building or online where you were close to the edge, you had the towel, you were about ready to throw that towel in, but somehow, some way, something happened that said, I can't stop. I... You ready? 200 of them say, we can't do it. But David. But say your name. Say your government name. Ready? <laughs> but who? Pursued the Amalekites. What does that mean? Enemies and giants. Here it is. 
He and 400 men, for 200, were too exhausted to cross the Brook Bezor, and they stayed behind. Look at me. In these next four months, listen to me carefully. If you don't remember nothing else, I'll say remember this. Go with the goers. If they even acting kind of like they don't want to go, so, you know what? Stay here. Why? I don't need your doubt around me. I don't need your inconsistency around me. I don't need your, um, so I got too many fights to fight. I ain't going to be fighting with who's supposed to be fighting with me. Just look at the person next to you and say, go with the goers. Go with the goers. Go. If you don't want to go, you stay here. But what you're not going to do is stop my go. I've been through too much hell. Come on, y'all. I've been through too much pain. I've gone through too much adversity. I've dealt with too much antagonism, hostility, and opposition for you to stop me. Oh, no, we ain't doing that. Somebody say, I ain't doing that. Verse 11. So what happens? As they're on their journey, David finds this man. You ready? David finds this man. He's this Egyptian man. He collapsed. In the beginning of 1 Samuel 30, David is on fumes. A few verses later, he's empty. He gets encouraged. He gets his fire. And now God says, here's your first assignment. I'm going to bring you to somebody that was where you were at. You're going to meet somebody that you're about to give them they fire back. Yep. See, even who you're sitting next to in this building tonight, who you're streaming with online is strategic because you're about to be their fire carrier tonight. I Make sure you got somebody next to you that looks like they know what they're doing. Just touch them on the shoulder and say, I got you tonight. I got you. I got you. You got the right one tonight because, baby, I didn't come to play. I came to get my fire back. They found this Egyptian. Watch me. It wasn't, look at me, it wasn't their same race. It wasn't their same ethnicity. God's into diversity. I need you to not be monolithic. I need you to be okay. Watch me. That, some, that you're going to interact with people of different races. That's what Harvest is. We're multicultural, multi-generational church. Every race, every background, everybody's included, nobody's excluded. It was somebody totally different than them that they had to help. They found the Egyptian who had collapsed. We're almost there. We're almost there. Look at me. Verse 12. They feed him. Because he's collapsed. So they feed him. The Bible says they give him some fig cakes. And they, they feed him. And look what the scripture says. And when he had eaten, his energy returned. For he had not eaten for three days and three nights. Look at me. They fed another's fire to get their fire back. This is why I have you touching your neighbor so much. Because every time you touch them, you're doing something spiritual. You're going to feed their fire. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Some of y'all ain't caught it yet. That's okay. You're going to catch it. I know because I told me like, I ain't in all that. I know, but just do it for me tonight. Just do it for you tonight, okay? Because you can't get, watch me, you cannot receive what you do not first release. Don't come up in there asking God for something that you ain't released in the first place. Bible says, watch me, that we reap what we sow, not what we prayed for. If I want it, I got to release it first. If you want more money, you got to release that. You want loyalty, you got to release that. You want consistency, you got to release that. You want people to fight for you, you got to release a fight for somebody else. You want your fire back, you got to help somebody else get their... Here we go, Atlanta, here it is. 
they fed another's fire to get their fire back. You ready? Here's verse 17. 17, 19, and 20 are the coup de grace. It's the blow of mercy. It's the blow. Here it is right here. Verse 17. Then David and his men struck them down in battle. What happened? When they fed this man, they said, where are you from? He said, well, I was with these guys who had attacked this city called Ziklag. David said, you from where? Yeah, we had just attacked this city, Ziklag. And when we attacked this city, Ziklag, we took all their stuff and we set the city on fire. In other words, there was a divine connection. Because God's into the details. Let's see if you've been in a good church. God ordered their steps to meet this man because this man had information they were going to need to know. What if I told you, you sit next to somebody that's about to be your hookup. You sit next to somebody that's about to be your divine connection. You, you're about to get phone calls and you're going to say, how'd you get my number? Well, I met so-and-so and so-and-so. I need you to lift your hands, open up your mouth, say divine connections. Divine Look at me. Look at me. So this man says, well, we set the city on fire. When we set the city on fire, um, you know, uh, uh, we took all this stuff. David's like, really? Oh, really? You ever had somebody call and give you some information and they didn't know that you had another part of the story and they giving you the missing part of the story? Yeah, the missing parts are about to show up in the next 72 hours. Y'all don't know how to shout. The missing parts are about to show up in the next 72 the missing parts are about to ring. Yo, the missing parts are about to show up. Middle section. The missing parts are about to show up. Over here, the missing parts are about... Online, the missing parts are about to... So the man is like, so the man is like, so the man is like, um, so the man is like, hey, um, I, uh, you know, we burned the city down. We took all this stuff. David's like, really? Where they at? Oh, I know where they at. He's like, don't tell them I told you, though. You're like, they over there. David would have wasted time pursuing because he didn't know where to go. Let me see if I can make it make sense for you. When David went to pursue, he didn't know where he was going. He just followed the instruction to pursue. In other words, I don't know where I'm going. I just know I ain't staying. I don't know where I'm going. I just know that I can't stay stuck in this. I don't know what it's going to be, but I know it's got to be better than this. I don't know where I'm going, but I know my next has got to be better than my present and my past. He had no clue what it was. Everybody look at me. For many of you, you have no clue what your next looks like. Look at me. And that's on purpose. You have no clue what you're going to do. And that's on purpose. Look at me. Look at me. When David went to pursue, he didn't know where he was going. He's like, well, let's go. Come on. David, where are we going? Just We're we, we going to know when we get there. Wherever the door open, that's the door we're supposed to walk through. We're just going to go. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. He meets this man who needs his fire back. And David could have said, mm -mm, I'm going through too much. Don't let narcissistic tendencies make you focus on you so that you miss your opportunity to be a blessing to somebody else. And when you're a blessing to them, you're going to get the missing pieces you need. 
I'm so glad that even though people have stepped on your heart, you still got a good one. I'm so glad that you didn't take on the negative spirit of people. I'm so glad that you said, I'll still, here it is, Harvest, love God and love people and love life because that's who I am. Look at me. He's like, they over there. David's like, for real? So David tells the 400 men that were with him, celebrate loyalty. One of the best blessings for me is, is the dream teamers from Denver that paid their own airfare, paid their own hotel, paid their own way. Watch me. Not to be paid to come serve in another city. I'm talking about grown folks with jobs and stuff and children. I celebrate my 400. Let's go. Let's go. So they look over and they're like, hey, um, um, they're over here. David's like, for real. David gets his 400 and I want you to pay attention. Look at the screen. Look at the screen. Verse 17. Then David and his men struck them down in battle from twilight until the evening of the next day. Okay, which means David said, but let me see, anybody, you, you, you love God, you're nice and bougie, but if you got to go there, okay, there's nobody like that, there's nobody like that, okay, praise the Lord, everybody, hallelujah. Where am I, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me, I just... David said, oh, this is going to be a fight. And we're going to fight, fight. In other words, in these next four months, hear me, the vengeance and the vigor in which you fight will not be like anything you've ever done before. See, people called you aggressive. They ain't seen nothing yet. They said you always doing too much. You ain't seen nothing yet. They say you always pursuing the things of God. You ain't seen nothing yet. For those of us that know in these four next four months, I ain't just fighting. I'm about to fight, fight. I just need you to shout right there. Go. Oh, this is going to be a fight, fight. This is going to be a heavyweight championship. This is going you should have got me when I was down. You should have got me when I was low, but it's too late now. So look at the screen. Then David and his men struck them down. Say down. From twilight until the evening of the next day, verse 19. Say your name. I just want you to speak this over your life. And if you, and if you don't get excited over this, now, let me say this, because some people say, you know, Bishop, I'm not emotional. Hear me. You can be emotional and not be spiritual, but it is impossible to be spiritual and never invoke emotion. Because the song says, when I think of the goodness of Jesus, and even when I wasn't good, he was good. Even when I walked away, he still stayed. Is there anybody that can tell your testimony that watch me? Even when I told myself acting crazy with God, God says, that's still my son, that's still my daughter, and he... 
Ready? I want you to put your name there, and you just, this is your verse. Right? Now, if this doesn't move you, don't move. But I can tell you, I know what I'm sent to do and what I'm sent to say. And this is what's happening for you in the rest of September, October, November, December. Say your name and read the verse. Ow! 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 Not some of it, but ow! Say it again. Shout ow! Shout ow! Look at verse 20. Verse 20. Now that's one thing. That's one thing. That's one thing. If I lost, I'm going to use this. If I lost 20 and I get that back, praise God, I recovered. Recovered it, right? But, but you're not just there. Here's where you're at. So David captured, say your name, the flocks, the herds. What does that mean? Their ability to produce their ability to produce resources, their ability to produce ideas. See, for some of you, it ain't going to be cash. It's going to be an idea. For some of you, it's not going to be an idea. It's going to be favor. You're going to show up, and they're going to give you what they've never given anybody else. They're going to look at you and say, it's something about you. You can say, I know what it is about me. I got a fire about me that you didn't see on anybody else. So David, say your name captured all the flocks and the herds which the enemy had. Shut up! I don't just get my stuff. I get your stuff. There's faith over here. I wish it would catch fire over here. It's about to. We're about to go up. We're about to go up. There's faith over here. I wish it would catch fire over here. God says, because of what you had to go through, you ain't just going to get what you lost back. I'm going to make sure you're going to get some extra. You about to get... Friday night fire, I need you to act like you about to be riding in what somebody else paid for. You about to be living in what somebody else paid for. You about to be sitting in somebody else's office. You Come on, open your mouth and release a praise right there. Go, go. Yeah, come on, say, 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 I'll recover it all. And their stuff. Houses I didn't build. Houses I didn't build. Everybody stand. 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 Everybody in the building and at home. You've been sitting there looking at your phone the whole time. Stand up. Put the last verse up and leave it there. Look at me. David had to get his fire back. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to follow David's formula. And then we're going to sow into this tonight. You can't hear a word like this and not sow. You ready? I wanted to wait to give at the end. Look at me. You're sitting next to somebody. You don't know what they're dealing with, what they're facing. 
what their challenges are. Stay with me. Don't worry about that. What their challenges are, what their issues are. But hear me clearly. Tonight, you will not leave the same way you walked in here. I especially want to speak to those of you who are professionals at church. You're so church when you hear a word like that. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I ain't coming to play with you. This is not for form. This is not for fashion. This is for you. For some of you, you're going to experience God in a few minutes like you haven't experienced him in years. Before I do that, heads bowed, eyes closed in this building tonight. If you need to become a Christian for the first time, bow your head, close your eyes for me. I just don't want you looking all up in the person next to you grill. They're trying to make a decision for the Lord and you're staring them down. Tonight, if you're in this building or online and you need to become a Christian for the first time, or number two, you were saved, but you fell away from the Lord. Something happened. Life happens to us all. Things happen. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. And that's you in this building tonight or online where you need to recommit yourself to the Lord. Bishop, how do I know? That's how you know. If you ain't sure, that's how you know. Number three, if you're like, Bishop, I don't really know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure tonight. If that's you, you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. On three, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up, because before we move in this thing tonight, I need to make sure everybody in here knows the Lord. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Say those three words with me. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Ain't nobody mad but the devil. Hmm? On three, you're going to slip your hand up. One, two. Don't miss your moment. Online, you're going to do the hand wave emoji. Say it's me. One, two, three. If that's you, slip that hand up wherever you're at. I see you. 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 Come on, I need you to rejoice for every hand that's up in this building. Every hand that's online. These are lives that matter to God and they matter to us. Everybody pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for loving me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. I believe you ordered my steps here tonight. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, recommitted yourself, Lord, take your phone out, scan that QR code on the screen right behind me, or text the word decision to 877-552-4746. It's toll free for all of our international family. Listen, um, some of you listen very carefully to me. Um, you are already connected to Harvest. You've been connected since the first two interest services. Some of you, this is your first time ever being with us live. Again, it's only our third interest service, um, but I believe that there's interest. <laughs> I told the Lord, Lord, I don't want to do another Friday night. I said, Lord, please don't make me do another Friday night. I said, people in Atlanta like their Friday nights. But I obeyed. And we're about to see a move of God. For the, listen, for those of you where you know, listen, um, it is my desire for us to begin to move in Atlanta to where we can move to weekly experiences. I don't call them search, call them experiences. To do that, you need people that serve. You need people that are part of the vision and that make it happen. And if you know I'm your shepherd, you know you want to be a part of this vision and this mission, I want you to scan that QR code that's on the screen or text the word Join Harvest 
to 877-552-4746. It's coming up. And here's what I need you to do. Here's what I need you to do. Here's what I need you to do. Um, there's, they're going to send you a text, a link rather, and that link is going to help you to do something we call Harvest You. It's coming up. There we go. Amen. It's coming up. Um, that link is going to give you something called Harvest You. Harvest You is the next step you need to take. Everybody look at me. All I need, I launched Harvest in Denver with nothing and nobody. And God has been good. 16 years later, in a place, look at me. Denver's 46 out of 50 for lowest church attendance in the nation. It's 4% African American, so there's not a lot of ethnic or racial diversity in the city. And we've seen God do a miracle. Over 4,000 recorded decisions. Um, God is good, and we're just getting started. Um, why are you coming to Atlanta, Bishop? There's tons of churches. I'm not here to do anything anybody else is doing. I'm here to do what I'm called to do. But you want to know something? For all the churches in the city, in the area, 60% of Atlanta metro is unchurched or dechurched. Unchurched, never been in church. Dechurched was in church and fall, fallen away for whatever reason. And so I'm excited about going after the 60%. Anybody else get excited about seeing people come to the Lord? I do. And so, and so all I need, all I need, all we need to take it to the to those weekly experiences. Because when will the campus fully launch? Well, I believe in, I'm a big believer in building teams. All I need to where we can go to weekly experiences, all I need is 50 people who will serve. That's all I need. I took nothing and did more than that. 50 people who will serve. So if that's you, scan that QR code. You're going to get a link to take Harvest Shoe. Here's what I need you to do. It's all online. You can take it all at, at your own pace. I need you to take it to mall. This weekend is different because we're going to be back on Sunday night. We'll be in this building, and all these kinks that happened tonight ain't going to happen again. That I can tell you. Um, but listen carefully. Um, you can take that, and then we'll be back on Sunday night. Um, Sunday morning will be online only, 915, 9-15, um, I literally were not doing in-person experiences in Denver because I wanted to be here in Atlanta this weekend. Uh, I need y'all to know that I'm serious about this. I need you to know I'm excited about what God's going to do. Anybody else excited about what God is going to do? And so if you want to connect, all you got to do, scan that QR code, text the word, join Harvesters one more to 877-552-4746. I need 50 of you to do that. If you know, some of you have already been connected. You've been watching the line since the last time. You've been doing that. You're saying, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? I'm telling you what we're going to do. I'm telling you we're going to make that happen. All right? So then we'll be back on Sunday night at 6 o'clock. Now, there's about to be a move of God, but I just want to make sure before we go up in the spirit that we got all these announcements done. I want everybody in the building to get a seed in your hand. Everybody in the building online and online get a seed in your hand. And I want to challenge you to sow with me a $100 seed to sow into this word. 50 is the number of jubilee and celebration. I believe in this last four months, you're going to see double that. No singers, not just yet, not just yet, not just yet, not just yet. You're going to see double. Say double that. In October, November, December, my prayer for you 
is that you're literally going to see double that. Once you get that seed, for those of you that normally give your tithes, offerings, first fruit, love offerings, you give that. You get that ready. There's an envelope in your seat. There was a scan code there in your seat if you want to give it that way. The information is also on the screen. If you want to use the cash app, there's dollar sign, Bishop Form with the number two at the end. You use PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, GiveLify. All of that's available. I want you to sow that with me. For those of you that are going to sow the hundred, here's what I want you to do. I want to pray. Look at me. Um, and I don't say this um, for any other reason except so you know the type of anointing that you're going to sow into. Harvest Church owes nobody a dime. Bishop Foreman owes nobody a dime. And when you sow tonight, I'm going to pray that the same grace on me is going to be the same grace that your seed releases. That you would walk in 100% complete and total debt freedom. Would you look at the person next to you and say, and you'll owe nobody anything. Tell them. Mm -mm. When you say something like that, there ought to be some type of rejoicing. Look at somebody else that look like they're going to rejoice. And you'll owe nobody anything. If you're going to sow that 100 with me, I just want you, we don't normally give like this at Harvest, but because we're about to go up in the spirit and there's going to be a move of God. I just want you to come to the altar. If you're going to sow the 100, just step out of your seat. Come with me online. You just do the hand wave emoji. You're going to sow the 100. Come as close as you can. You can sow more than that. But that's what I heard the Lord say. That's what I heard the Lord say. Just come. And I just want you to lift it. I just want you to lift it. I'm going to pray that the same grace that's on me is on you. But though you say, Bishop, I can't do 100, do what you can. Get as close as you can to it. No guilt, no shame. Hear me. I don't need anything from you. I want to get something to you. I'll say it again. I don't want anything from you. I want to get something to you. Father, those sowing tonight in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you would honor their seed. You said you give seed to the sower. And in Jesus' name, God, I pray that you would move now on their behalf. I pray, God, now that the same debt-free grace that's on me would be the same debt-free grace that is on their house. I pray, God, that you would literally give them the same type of financial anointing. Let resources come after them. Let favor come after them. Let blessing come after them. And we thank you now that it is so in the name of Jesus. I pray God's favor would find them. Come on, open up your mouth. Say, and favor will find me. And opportunities will open for me. And debts will be canceled for me. In the name of Jesus, you give seed to the sower. And I am a sower, a cheerful sower. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now I need you to water your seed with worship for 10 seconds. Go. Water your seed with worship for 10 seconds. Go. In the building and online. In the building and online. Hallelujah. 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 Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Phone plan streams in standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details.